Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Leah Tebbett's taking us now to Northland's Ruakaka Beach, where a decades-long land-based fish farming trial is starting to make a splash. You can hear the sound of summer. (laughs) The sun is shining and the sea is slapping against the shore. You'll see why I came here 18 years ago and haven't left. So this is the hardship posting in Niwa on this gorgeous beach. So we've got Marsden Point to our left. What's this island right oh, out here? Oh, there's a hen and chicks. I'm standing on the beach at Breen Bay with Andrew Forsyth, Niwa's chief scientist of aquaculture. For 18 years, he's been researching the feasibility of growing kingfish on land. And today, he's giving us behind-the-scenes access, starting with how they get the water into the tanks for literally thousands of fish. All right, so we're standing here on the beach, and on the left, there's two yellow cans. and can those are they the, look like boys. Yeah, and those are the intake and discharge for the original Marsden B power station. And they each have a pipe going out to them. The pipes right. are huge. They're 2.4 meter diameter pipes. So we take from Marsden A, we bring it in, we do, we filter it, we distribute it to the aquaculture park, then we capture uh, waste from the discharge and return the water to the sea on the right hand side. Let's go back down before the wind blows us away. From the beach, Andrew and I walk back into the gated facility that used to house the Marsden power station. For 21 years now, this has been home to Niwa's Northland Marine Research Centre. They've reused infrastructure like the pipes, which once used to bring in seawater for cooling purposes. Now the pipes supply water to the fish tanks. The focus of the facility is to produce high-value fish with a commercial reality. This is really the focus of all of Niwa's aquaculture research and development. For most of that time, we've been working on two species, uh, yellowtail kingfish and hapuku. And we now are in a position where we've got the yellowtail kingfish, all the, the the breeding, the nutrition, the growing, the the rearing systems to a point where we feel it's truly ready to commercialize properly. Land-based production brings a lot of benefits Mm -hmm. and that gives you total control of the environment. uh, Because this is a relatively warm water fish, if you put it in in a land-based system and the temperature rises Mm -hmm. uh, through the activities of the fish and the activities of the system, the fish grow faster, they grow better, so, so you, get, you get benefits. The, the point of difference perhaps between fish farming and you know, cows and chickens yeah. and pigs is that within the normal range of temperature for the animal, the warmer it is, the faster they grow. Yeah. So if you can manage the environment optimally, you can get the best possible outcome. 
And then the whole idea of having them in tight control, you avoid pathogens and parasites. It's interesting, in, in the aquaculture world, the perception is that somehow farms are a reservoir for parasites and pathogens to go to the wild. In almost all cases I'm aware of, it's the other way around. <laughs> and, and so you want to protect your animals. And so the control is everything. Any farmer will tell you that if, you know, if they can irrigate and manage the, the soil moisture optimally, manage the nutrients optimally, they get better performance. And the, the same thing with fish. So the water comes in into what was originally the intake system for the power stations. And we have multiple pumps, which then put it through these various filters to our right and then distribute to the system. The aquaculture system is a lot like an aquarium on a very large scale. Between 95 and 99% of the water is treated and reused, which we will learn more about later. So we're walking now in between a, a couple of buildings and I'm starting to smell a bit, bit more of a, a sea life sort of smell, if you know what I mean. Okay. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna walk and look at one group of broodstock. We have multiple tanks through the facility. It'll be a bit noisy, but I'll just... So these are adult brood that are going to spawn in the summer. What's very attractive about kingfish is a... Um, they're very easy to breed in that their cues for breeding are day length and temperature. And so you can adjust the day length and temperature and almost to the day choose when you want them to produce eggs for you. So you can, you can say, okay, we need eggs in three months. We'll start them into spring, ramp up the temperature, ramp up the day length, and virtually to the day we'll have egg supply. And by having multiple tanks on different timelines, you can effectively have almost a continuous supply of eggs in your hatcher. And because the hatchery cycle is quite short, that continuous supply means that a relatively small incubation and early rearing facility can produce a very large number of eggs. Our infrastructure here is probably capable of producing about a million eggs, a million juveniles, fit for purpose juveniles without big changes, and that would be enough to support an industry producing maybe 3,000 tons. So several times what we're doing now with our first commercial prototype. So what we're standing and looking at is literally a massive, massive water tank with a few friendly fish <laughs> swimming around and around. I guess that's the sort of only thing they can do, is it? And that's all they seem to want to do. They want to swim and eat, and when the, when the season strikes them, breed. Now, a big female in here will produce perhaps three or four liters of eggs every four days. And when you think about uh, you know, 400,000 eggs per liter, there's literally millions upon millions of eggs produced. The reason we have so many broodstock uh, is to give us the genetic basis of continuous improvement. You may be wondering how harvesting 600 tonnes of fish a year and 3,500 square metres can be done in an environmentally friendly way. 
And there is muck, you know. Yeah. And, and I think all our farming activities, you know, terrestrial or marine, they, they make use of the environment. And, and I think there's been a huge amount of overblown, honestly, nonsense about aquaculture screwing up the environment. You know? and, and it can be done sensitively, um, but you also have to consider the social license issues and the, and the legal aspects of access to resources. And now with a changing climate, I think we, we also we want to insulate ourselves from extreme events. Mm. So it's, it, it lines up nicely. And putting it on land, we have control over the animals. We can keep the, give them the optimal environment. We can capture and manage the discharges so, so you don't get discharges that exceed the assimilation capacity of the receiving environment. You know, that, that's the thing is you can farm in the ocean and as long as you don't exceed the carrying capacity of the, of the ecosystem to assimilate the wastes, it's fine. It's like putting manure in the field. You know, as long as you don't overload it, you're fine. Yeah. Uh, now we're going to imagine I'd shown you the breeding fish that were in season and then we're producing eggs. The next thing down the line is where the eggs would go. The hatchery? Yeah. So come on up here, just don't slip. We've got a various amount of tanks in here. Each tank would receive a litre of eggs. And the eggs, the animals are only in here for a few days. So and if so we look really closely, it almost looks like the word water's murky from afar. But as you go closer, you can see there's actual individual okay. organisms. Now, these have eggs in them. So you can see those tiny translucent spheres. They're only slightly bigger than the ball on the end of a ballpoint pen. And there's, you know, 400,000 in there. <laughs> and then when they hatch, they hatch out and they look like this, which is like very small mosquito larvae. Yes. It's the best thing I can think of. Yeah, you did right. And as they start to develop, they'll start to lay down pigments. So the pigment cells start growing, and then they become where they go from translucent to a, a darker animal. So we'll go down here, and we'll go back the way we came. All oh, these foot baths and hand, hand dip stations. So we're trying to keep there's these levels of biosecurity. So we're, we're always trying to minimize any risk of contamination which is the water at the front of every, every room. Yeah. While you have to squint to notice the fish in the hatchery and nursery, Andrew says it takes just 12 months for the kingfish to be ready for market. So off we head to find them. So if you've been to, been to the big city of Auckland and been to the, the cloud, yes. this building is the same, structurally the same as the cloud. And we headed up before the cyclone came through, and we were very pleased with the you know, you, durability. You, durability. Of it. you didn't get a sense that it was going to blow away at all. Yeah. So we're coming on the bottom level, and uh, the tanks are about three meters deep, so we, we're coming up to the deck. Yes, it's a bit of a hike up the stairs. So we're standing at the, at the west end, and we see four tanks in front of us. The four tanks on this, on the right, are connected to their own dedicated treatment system at the, beyond that curtain wall at the end. Yes. And the four tanks on the left go to their own, uh, second treatment cell. So these fish are just over a kilo now, 
and yeah, they look, look similar to to maybe a, a thirty centimeter yeah sized yeah. fish. So uh, they'll grow. We'll grow them to three kilos. They should be three kilos in November. That's not very far no, away. Not very far away. <laughs> it's the yeah. beginning of September now. Yeah. But these ones are swimming against yeah. the curve. Because yeah. what we're looking at is essentially this this massive. I can't think of a better word to describe it than massive, bigger than a swimming pool, you know. And they're just sort of circling their way around it, waiting for food to come in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many fish would be in each tank, could you estimate? Typically 10,000. In each tank yeah, up here? Yeah. And there's eight? Yes. So that's one breeding brood, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. so that whole thing would be literally less than a day's egg take from one brood fish. Yeah. You know? So it's, you can understand that we do have a lot of brood fish. <laughs> And walking through the curtain wall now, I can start to see the water treatments that you're talking about. This is a working biofilm. So the water exits the tanks, comes down, and those three black domed areas each have a thing called a drum filter, which screens out the particulate waste. And then the waste is caught, captured there. The water then moves into the, this segmented uh, basin, and it is our biofilter. So these are about half filled with small plastic media. Like a little Lego piece, if yeah. you could put yeah. it any other way. With lots of texture in it. And so it, so it comes out of this, these biofilters yeah. and then goes into a channel under our feet and flows down here. And in this channel, there's then a UV sterilizing system. Then it flows into this chamber with the tortuous, with the walls that allow, force the water to go back and forth and back and forth as it goes across. And really that takes care of the second major waste product from the fish. So one waste product obviously is ammonia. The second, of course, because they're respiring, they're consuming oxygen and they're producing carbon dioxide. We do see an opportunity to take the kingfish right through to market size on land in systems, and, and particularly nice in New Zealand because we are predominantly renewable energy and we're bringing in more renewable energy. So we'll be able to say that, you know, not only are we making best use of the natural resources without stuffing them up when we discharge, uh, but we are also can use renewables for energy inputs. Mm. Uh, so uh, it's, I think, in the end of the day, we end up with a very sustainable story. Niwa Aquaculture Chief Scientist Dr Andrew Forsyth talking to Leah Tebbett. And if you're lucky enough, you may be able to wrap your lips around a fillet. The farmed kingfish are already featuring on restaurant menus across Auckland and in the odd restaurant in other parts of the country. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.